this is a heads up that this episode will contain mentions of child abuse and is not appropriate for all listeners. You don't have to adopt or be a foster parent to play an important role in helping children stay in stable homes. Lauren runs a ministry in her church that specifically supports foster families within her church and the wider community. Can you um, start us off by telling us who you are and how are you connected to adoption or foster care? Yeah, um, my name is Lauren Clark, and I am the missions and ministries director at Vintage Church downtown um, here in Raleigh, and I lead our foster care and adoption ministry. So um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been um, both challenging and really joyful, Um, but I, I majored in social work in college, and I knew that I wanted to do something in the realm of child welfare. Um, And this opportunity opened up at my church and I really wanted to combine like social work and ministry. So, um, so yeah, that's how I'm connected. Cool. I would love to know, like, how does your ministry work and what do you do for and with foster families and foster children? Yeah. So um, when I first started, we didn't really have, we had maybe one foster family at Vintage Downtown. Um, so a lot of it in the beginning was kind of starting the conversation, um, bringing awareness to the church. Um, because I think f- foster care is something that you don't really um, necessarily see. And so a lot of people aren't aware of the need. Um, so we started, we'll have like a big foster and adoption Sunday every year where we um, usually will kind of tell a story um we kind of theme the years differently but um this past year we did from the perspective of foster and adoptive parents so we had them we kind of prepared a video beforehand with just their experiences and um what's been challenging what's been good like what have you learned those kind of things um so we'll do kind of like a big kind of like catch-all event like that and then we'll usually have like a follow-up kind of meeting maybe like an interest meeting or um, we've done like a night of stories where we brought on um former foster youth and um uh like adults who had been adopted and had them kind of tell their story um and then in regards to supporting families we try to provide um like tangible support through like free babysitting we have people that will you know um take the kids out to the park for the afternoon or come over and give the parents a date night for free um we try to provide every foster or adopted child their own mentor that will um take them out and do special like outings with them um we do these events that we call um kids night out so it's kind of like a free date night for the parents um but then we kind of organize different activities for the kids and we'll kind of theme them based on like what time of year we do like a christmas party or um a valentine's party or something like that um and then honestly like random other things like we have we have guys that have provided like free lawn care um, for families. Um, we try to help connect them to resources like counseling. Um, we have a support group that meets once a month um, to kind of just give parents space to talk about what's going on and um, just a space where they're with other people who get it too. Um, yeah, and we'll provide different events kind of to like help cultivate the community within foster care and adoptive families. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things that we do. 
And so in your support group, do you have, are all the foster families, people who go to your church? Are you open to the community or how does that work? Yeah. Um, so most of them right now, since it's new or just in our church, but anyone's welcome. We've um, started to kind of open it up. The same with the um, kids night out events. We try to open those up to any foster adoptive parents like in the county. Um, so that's something that we're wanting to grow as well. Lauren has found that of all the things that she and those that work with her can offer, babysitting is a prized gift. What are the, some of the real needs that you're seeing with the foster families you're working with? Um, like, do they need supplies or are they needing support or what, what are you seeing? Yeah, I think um, what I've seen is honestly providing free babysitting is so huge. Um, I think it's something that's, um, it can almost be easy for a volunteer to not understand how great it is <laughs> to write something like that. Um, but just to like give them space to um, go out and go to the store by themselves or have the parents have a date night or um, they have a lot of, like when you have foster children, you have a lot more appointments than you normally would. And so um, being able to be like, I'm, yeah, I would love to come over and take care of your biological children while you go to your court appointment um, or to your therapy appointment or whatever it is. Um, and so I think that's definitely a huge need and really just having people um, close to them, a community that knows them and are willing to reach out and ask like, hey, can I come over and mow your lawn or being willing to initiate um, is a big thing. And so they don't have to like necessarily ask for help. What kind of needs are you seeing from the foster kids themselves that uh, you're able to meet or try to meet? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think that, um, like I said, the mentorship, we try to provide each of them their own mentor. Um, I know it's really important for them to have another adult figure that's pouring into them besides their parents. Um, and so we try to provide that. Um, we try to provide space for them to um, get to know other foster or adopted children, um, just so that they're not always the oddball out whose story looks different than everyone else's. Um, and also just to treat them as a normal, kid like in um they go to our Sunday school classes or they go to like a student's like youth group night um and it's not advertised that they're in foster care you know like maybe the leaders know but no one else does um and so I think that's another important aspect of everything in their life is a little bit like unstable and so providing a little bit of normalcy through just allowing them to be a normal kid as fostering became normalized in Lauren's congregation she found that there was a ripple effect of members willing to open their homes to foster children. Right. So, so do you have a lot, a lot of foster foster families that have been doing this for a long time, or are they usually just like taking, like they're new at this, or what are you, what are you seeing in your congregation there? Yeah, we have um, two families that have been doing it for a while. Um, one of them has five kids uh, currently. Um, and they're planning to adopt their current foster children. Um, and then the other one has had like multiple different placements. Um, but we also have, we have three couples that are finishing up training right now to become foster parents. Um, and I, I think I've, I've seen in the past year or so, a lot, um, a 
lot more families stepping up. Um, we have a single woman who's going through respite care training, which I think is really amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I definitely think, I think when it comes to church ministry, it's kind of a ripple effect of like, you know, there was um, actually my community group leaders were fostering. And so two other couples in my community group are now going through training. And I think a big reason why they are is because they saw firsthand um, their community group leaders doing it and they got to know the kids and fell in love with them and things like that. So I think it's definitely a ripple effect. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's an interesting thing to see that if, if they see people right there near them, it it seems less intimidating. So so that's something that you kind of want to spread to other people that if you, if you model it, maybe you'll be able to recruit. Yeah, for sure. That was one of my big goals is just to normalize it. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like I said, it's not really something that's necessarily seen. And so Mm -hmm. um, the more it's in front of the church, um, the more people are going to think about it and be like, oh, maybe that's something that we should pray about too, or consider. Lauren has drawn inspiration for this support system from authors and local people trying to help the foster and adoptive community in unique ways. Are you modeling your ministry after anything you've seen or are you making this up as you go along or where where are you getting your ideas from so a lot of it is from jason johnson he is a author blogger speaker um in like foster care world he's written some books um okay everyone can do something is one of them um he basically he wrote a blog post that's like 10 ways to start a foster care ministry at your church and um I was like oh that's perfect <laughs> we follow everything that you say um and so I've kind of taken um some of his ideas and then kind of tweaked it a little bit just to fit the culture of um, our church and just kind of as I've been able to see like what our people respond to and what they don't and what they need or you know based on our families um but that's been so helpful he actually, he leads a course, um, it's called like church ministry essentials. Um, and it's for like the ministry, the foster care adoption ministry leader. And so I did that for several weeks. Um, and that was really helpful. I really leaned on him and the other people in the group a lot, just as I was trying to navigate, like how to launch something like that, especially during COVID. Um, so that was really helpful. And there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of resources out there. I go to the CAFO conference. Um, it stands for Christian Alliance for Orphans. Um, but it's basically just a conference where a ton of like ministry leaders and nonprofit leaders and foster and adoptive parents all come together. Um, and there's a bunch of breakout sessions and different things where we can kind of um, just learn more about foster care adoption and like how to best care for families or um how to best lead a ministry or things like that. So there's been a lot of help along the way, which I've been really grateful for. Right. And so how does that um, aspect of like, this is within a church, how does the church environment like affect the ministry? We invite them to everything. Um, It's kind of, you know, of course, um, the foster parents are the ones who are either bring them, um, you know, I think it's been, it's been really cool because, um, we had, so there's a girl, um, within one of our families, she, um, she actually 
end up having like a dream about, um, I guess she, she, she comes from a family with a lot of siblings. Um, and she ended up, um, feeling like pretty lonely in the house that she was in because she was the only one. And, um, of course, like, I'm sure there's a lot of loneliness that comes in moving into a new foster home. Um, and so she, there was one night when, um, she had a dream that it was something where she was like trying to find, she was like, where, like, where did everyone go? And then, um, like there was a voice that was like, like, I'm right here. I'm right here. And, um, I think even like being in church and, um, and all, and like being in community in that aspect has helped even the kids like, um, feel less alone because, you know, um, like one of the couples, they lead community group. And so it's like every Wednesday they host, um, at their house. And so it's like every single Wednesday, they knew that they were going to see all these people. And it's been really cool because it's, it's provided a lot of, um, a lot of support very organically because every single week, like we would come over and everyone loves the girls. And so we would all hug on them and the girls would, you know, show us a dance that they had made up or, um, whatever it is. And I don't know, it's just, it's really sweet. And, um, I just really saw people like stepping up and being like, let me come like help you out this week, or let me come like do your dishes or whatever it is. Um, and so, yeah, we do, we do invite them, um, on Sundays or to, uh, like youth group or whatever it is, but, um, yeah. Um, and do you have other connections like within the community that you're able to refer them to, or is it just kind of all coming from your congregation there? Or, um, yeah, we, so. um, so we have, are you familiar with Corral? No, <laughs> it's a, <laughs> they do, um, like equine therapy. And so okay. their population, um, is like 12 to 17 or 18, um, and so we've had a few girls that have gone there because um, they provide like homework help. Um, they, it's really cool how they do it. They pair um, a girl who's like coming out of a vulnerable situation with a horse that's also come from a hard situation. And so um, it, they've, it, yeah, it's really beautiful. They bond really well. And um, the girls like get to all know each other really well. And um, so that's been a really good resource. And we've just seen a lot of, um like tangible like improvement within the kids um that have gone there um we're also so we're starting um another branch of our ministry that'll be called a fellowship project um which will provide um life training skills um like fellowship nights retreats things like that for kids who are aging out of the system and so with that, we've been talking a lot with Say So. It stands for um, Strong Able Youth Speaking Out. So it's basically, it's made up of um, former foster youth that are okay. pouring back into um, current foster youth. So we've leaned a lot on them. Um, we partner with Lifeline Children's Services, which okay. is an um, adoption agency. They do international work. Um, pregnancy counseling, things like that. And then um, we, we've done stuff with safe families. 
um, which is less adoption and more um, kind of before the step before foster care of like trying to preserve families. Um, yeah, so kind of, I mean, I feel like the community within foster care and adoption is pretty big. And so um, we try to work with other organizations as much as we can because um, we don't want to reinvent the wheel, you know. Is there any advice you would give other people who are trying to, maybe they even don't even know where their foster parents are in the community or they're just, they would love to support them, but they're not sure where to start. Like what advice would you give that person? Yeah. Um, I mean, you could always reach out to your county, um, like Wake County, DSS. I'm sure, I mean, there's an abundance of foster families that need support. And so I'm sure that they would have um, an opportunity for you to volunteer. Um, Of course, if your church has a ministry, um, you can reach out to me and (laughs) serve in our ministry. Um, But I think, I think something that to keep in mind as a volunteer um, or someone who wants to provide support is to initiate um, because it's, you know, it can be hard to ask for help. And so um, if you just reach out and you're like, hey, like, is there a date this month that I can come provide you and your husband a date night? Um, I think that goes a long way. And so, yeah, just being the initiator, I think is really helpful. Right. Don't be afraid to be like, okay, I see you and I'm going to offer this specific thing instead of waiting for them to ask. I think another thing that a lot of people don't know about is respite care, Mm -hmm. um, which is you become licensed, a, a licensed foster parent, but then the commitment is you would keep the kids once a like one week in a month. Um, and it's just to give foster parents a break. And so mm-hmm. I think that is something that really goes a long way um, that a lot of people don't know about. And so that's, it's something that's, you know, not as big of a commitment, um, even a way to ease into foster care. Um, but that is definitely always an option. And there's a lot of agencies out there, um, private, public, you know, um, you can go through Wake County, you can go through Bear Foundation, um, Thompson's, you know, there's a lot of different ones. While working with foster families and foster children, Lauren has witnessed not only the sadness of hearing the trauma that some foster children have been through and the stress when foster families reach the limit of what they could offer a child, but also the success that can come when families are able to offer those foster children the support they need. I wonder if you could tell me some of the experiences that you've had that have been like hard to go through when you're, mm-hmm. when you're working with this population. Yeah. Um, there is a family who um, they brought in two sisters. They were 10 and 11. Um, and I mean, both the girls were so sweet. They were sassy, um, but we loved them. <laughs> and um they were, they were in my community group. So I would see them every week. Um, sometimes like twice a week. I, I sometimes myself, I would babysit for them. Um, and there was one specifically, she was the younger one. She, um, she would always come up and hug you. Um, she was, she was the one who was more full of sass, but, um, she was so sweet and so full of love, um, huge personality. And, um, she started having a lot of behavior issues um, and it just really escalated to the point where it was 
dangerous. Um, they were concerned about the safety of themselves, um, her and also her sister. And so she ended up having to be taken out um, of the home and her sister, I mean, it's, it's really sad because even before she was taken out, her sister would tell her like, we need to be adopted. Like you can't mess this up for us. Um, which I can't imagine being 11 year, years old and being able to cognitively understand that you, I need to be adopted, you know? Um, and so she ended up being taken out and isn't going to be allowed to come back. Um, and then the other, the older one is staying. And, um, I mean, it's been, it's been cool seeing, the other one really thriving, honestly, as like an only child and um, being able to not have to be the responsible older sister that she used to be, but it's definitely heartbreaking um, for the other girl who's now she's gonna have to be in residential care. And um, I mean, obviously like we all love her so much and um, want the best for her and everything, but it just, the foster parents weren't able to give her the therapeutic care that she needed and so it was kind of not a choice. Um, and then there's also just hard stories that you hear. Um, like there's this sweet little five-year-old girl who um, she's what was put into care because her mom uh, was trying to hang her. I, I don't, um, I don't know like what kind of drugs you know she was on or where she was at, but. Um, I don't know, just like looking into that little girl and her like lively personality and just thinking that that had happened to her. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of both like hard stories, but also a lot of beauty that you see too. Um, so it's all like both and, you know. Like right. Can you tell me some of that, that other side? Like, so what are some things that you have been really happy to see? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, the, the sister of the one who had gotten removed, um, it's been really sweet to see her just thriving recently. Um, just, you can just see that she's become a lot more carefree. Um, she, you know, she used to be the, have to be the sister that was responsible and, um, would look out for her younger sister and all these things. And now she's just like, she loves to paint. She loves animals, um, just gets to be a kid. And so that's been really cool um you know there's you kind of see redemption stories of um you know of course it's like I believe that the best is for the child to stay with the biological parents but sometimes that's just not possible and so um it is really beautiful to get to see them be with foster parents who they love and they call mom and dad and that they get two parents, um, like a 12 year old who, you know, could otherwise have never been adopted or, you know, things like that. Um, and so there definitely is beauty in it as well. Um, and even just seeing parents like decide to step into it because it's definitely foster care is really hard. And, um, for parents to willingly say yes over and over again is really beautiful to see too. So it seems like this could really grow into something really big are you hoping this goes like how what are your thoughts about the future of this in your church or even yeah. outside of your church <laughs> yeah I don't I mean I have no idea <laughs> um 
if it, I mean, if it grew into a nonprofit, I mean, that would be, um, like, I would be, you know, down for that. And, but also, um, I think we have a lot of support within the church that's, um, that's been really helpful and we've been able to manage through that, but I don't really have specific plans. I think, um, when I started out, I didn't know how it would look. Um, mm-hmm. I would have never guessed we would have been starting a fellowship project like this. Like that's not, that wasn't in my original plan. So, um, I feel like I've very much been taking it kind of day by day. Um, it's been really cool because we've seen even other nonprofits kind of started outside of, um, just like different members who have like we have a couple that's starting a coffee shop that will employ youth who are aging out of foster care um, Mm -hmm. and kind of provide them with mentorship and then we have another um, a group of women who started a nonprofit called Village Durham um, that's really working with family preservation of just really caring for the biological families um, before so prevent the kids from entering into foster care um, so it's really expanded into this huge community, which has been really amazing. Um, so I, I don't know like where it will end up going, but I'm excited to see. The Foster Family Ministry at Vintage Church is still growing and offering support to foster families all over the community. If you want to find out more about their group and ideas about starting your own foster family support group, take a look at my website, www.adoptionuncovered.com. And thank you.